This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Hi, it's Alana here from Body Matters. I just want to welcome everyone that's tuned in. And today I'm really going to be chatting about a very interesting topic called um, the fall of man and God's redemption plan for each and every one of us. I mean, God is such a good God. He, He won't just leave us or forsake us. He has each and every one of us in the palm of his hands. So today I'm going to chat a little bit about why why did God come to the earth? Why did he have to die on the cross? Why is it called um, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of his people? So that is what I'm going to be touching on a little bit. So let us just start from the very beginning. You know, God loved us so much from the beginning. It was never his plan for us to be separated from him or to endure hardship or sickness or even death. But he has a plan for you and me to be reconciled. So maybe today you are listening to this program and, you know, you haven't given your life to the Lord or you have maybe backslidden. Or maybe you are new Christians and there's so many questions that you want to ask. And so I'm just going to explain a little bit about God's redemption plan and why did he have to come and redeem us. So let us start at the beginning when God created the earth and mankind. He made us in his image and intended us to have fellowship with him. You know, he gave us dominion of the earth and to rule and reign over all the creatures in the world. And if I look at Genesis 1.26, this is right at the beginning. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. You see, we are created in God's image. And God created us for purpose, for a plan. He didn't just create us because he was bored. Each and every one of us has um, a, a unique personality. We come from different backgrounds because God create us in a way that that we have purpose in him and he wants to fellowship with us god's heart is relational not religion not rules not regulations he is our father so he created us or mankind in his image and god gave us authority he said the lord made us from the dust of the earth and he blew his breath of life in us and in Genesis 2 7 it says then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being you see we are not just a body but we also have a spirit and a soul we're not just from dust we're not just an empty hollow um, 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 shallow person we have got substance 
God created man and they enjoyed fellowship. Let's go back to Adam and Eve because God created Adam and Eve. And they enjoyed fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden. They encountered God personally. And therefore man never needed the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It was heaven on earth and man was destined to live forever. You know that the Hebrew word for Garden of Eden is called Gan Eden, which can also be interpreted as paradise or heaven. Heaven on earth. And that was God's kingdom. So when Adam and Eve were alive and God created them, they lived with God. They had fellowship with him. And it was heaven on earth. And God delegated his authority to man to rule over his kingdom. And people were to be fruitful. God said, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth. Subdue it and reign over everything. You know, when I think about that, I think what a huge responsibility we have as God's creation to look after this earth. We were given the rule and reign to look after all the animals and everything. And that was a authority that God gave us. But then Adam and Eve happened to to fail God. And then it says the fall of mankind came when Adam and Eve chose to believe a lie and acted upon it by eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This was contrary to what God had asked them to do. So if you know the story of Adam and Eve, God had forbidden them to eat um, from this tree called the knowledge of good and evil. But when God wasn't there, they decided to to wander in the garden and they were deceived by Satan in the form of a snake and so he enticed them and they ate the fruit from the tree and so mankind failed God through their disobedience they chose to believe Satan the ultimate deceiver over the word of God This disobedience cost them their reign and authority over the earth, resulting in giving their authority to Satan. And you know what? They were also sadly separated from the presence of God, having no protection from the enemy. So what is the key lesson here? Whoever you choose to obey will ultimately become your master. So, If we just recap, God had created mankind in his image. He had given them authority over the earth to subdue it, to multiply. And he'd given them one instruction, and that was not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But they disobeyed him because of Satan, who is the ultimate deceiver. Um, He's called the devil of lies or Um, the father of lies, and whoever you choose to obey will ultimately become your master. Now, Satan was a fallen angel who sinned against God and was expelled from heaven. His ultimate plan was to deceive mankind, take away their God-given authority, have control of the earth and all humanity, causing havoc, 
rebellion, and most of all, separation from God. And in John 14.30, Satan, as I said, was referred to as the ruler of this world. This is only because man had given him authority. Today, the kingdom of darkness still prevails over the earth. If we look at the times that we are living in, if we look at the lawlessness, when we look at all these things that are happening in the earth, um, we can see that Satan's rule is manifested in selfish desires, lust, greed, pride, war, fear, anxiety, sickness, and death, eventually death through sin. You know, Adam and Eve's disobedience created all of this. I mean, look back how two people disobeyed God and what is the consequences that we still experience after how many years. So, in Romans 5, 12, verse 14, it says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. You see, mankind became sinful and was destined to die an eternal death in hell with Satan and his demonic forces because God had given mankind authority over the earth and freedom of choice, he could not intervene in their decision-making or override the consequences thereof. In Psalm 115, it says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. But God has a plan to redeem this world. So before we touch on that subject of God, the redeemer of our world, let's just take a short music break. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, you're with Alana Willie Fear, and my program is called Body Matters. And today I'm talking about God's redemption plan. You know, what God has done to reconcile mankind to himself. So God's plan was to redeem us from the kingdom of darkness and to reconcile us to him and to restore the authority back to man because he loves us. So God will never leave us nor forsake us. He has a plan. And in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only one son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You see, God is spirit, and the only way he could restore creation to himself was to send his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth in a form of a human and the reason he sent Jesus in human form was because he had given humans authority over the earth and only through Jesus in human form he could claim and restore that authority back to man. So God is a good God. He loves us so much that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So Mary was chosen as God's mother by God himself. Jesus was not conceived through man, but by the spirit of God that overshadowed her. Therefore, Jesus was not part of God's creation. Rather, he was the son of the living God. Even though he came to earth fully man, I believe that from conception, Jesus knew that he was the son of the living God. 
So what was Jesus's assignment? And we can clearly see in Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captive and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now that is a mouthful. But the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. That's what Jesus said. God had anointed him to preach the gospel of the good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. So Jesus came to do the following. His main purpose was to to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness and transfer us into the kingdom of heaven. He came to preach the gospel of the good news in order to show us the way back to God. And if we look at Luke 4, 43, it says, But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. So Jesus was saying, I was sent by God to preach and proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. He came to earth also to represent his father in heaven. And Jesus himself was God in flesh. He came to demonstrate what the kingdom of heaven was like and to reestablish the kingdom of heaven on earth and also to restore the authority that was lost in the garden of Eden back to mankind. He came to pay the price for our sins so that we may have everlasting life and be reconciled to God, thereby redeeming us from the punishment of judgment and the power of death. He died so that we could manifest the presence of God, His Holy Spirit inside of us, so that we could represent Him on this earth and do His will. You know that the minute we give our lives to the Lord, His presence We host his presence. His presence filtrates us. We become the hands and feet of Jesus. So Jesus was sent to earth to redeem mankind from eternal death in hell. He also came to take away our sins, to restore, heal, and deliver us from every demonic stronghold, lie, sickness, anything that the enemy has inflicted upon us. Because God wants to reinstate us to the original design, the way we were intended to be before the fall of man. You know that the word reinstate means to restore someone or something to their former position or state. In other words, to mankind's original state without blemish. You know that if it wasn't for the fall, 
that we wouldn't ever be sick. We'll be living with with God on this earth. Um, we'll be dwelling with him. We wouldn't need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't be sick. We wouldn't be getting old. Um, so God came to restore us, to reinstate us, because when we don't have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we have no protection against the onslaught of the enemy. You see, Jesus came to proclaim the gospel of the good news of the kingdom of heaven so that through mankind he could reestablish heaven on earth as it originally was in the time of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So let's see, why, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why was he called the, the Lamb? So let us look briefly at the life of Jesus. You see, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist at the age of 33. And before he was baptized, um, John, Jesus' cousin, was proclaiming the coming of the kingdom of God that was soon to be made available. Now in Matthew 3, 2, it says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So John was calling out the whole time. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. See, after Jesus was baptized by John, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. The Spirit of God, the, the same Spirit that lives in you and me, the same Spirit that raises the dead back to life. God's Spirit rested upon Jesus as it was proclaimed in Isaiah 61. This signified the beginning of of Jesus' ministry, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus did many signs and wonders, healing people, preaching the kingdom of God, and demonstrating the character of God. You see, Satan was afraid of the authority that Jesus had and orchestrated the crucifixion of Jesus, which was all part of God's redemption plan. And when I think about this, I think, you know what, Satan cannot see the future. He doesn't know the end. Only God knows the end. He doesn't know how things are going to pay, uh, play out at the end. If he knew, if, if Satan knew Jesus did this for, for us, he would never have orchestrated the crucifixion. So Satan is not all-knowing. He doesn't know the future. And Satan was afraid of how, of what he's seen Jesus doing, the signs, the wonders, the miracles. He was setting people free and proclaiming the good news to them, delivering them from demonic activity. And so it was all part of God's plan that Satan would crucify him. Now in Matthew 26 verse 26 to 29, it talks about the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples before his crucifixion. So while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he gave thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you 
in my Father's kingdom. You see, God already, through, through the Last Supper, he was already trying to illustrate to the disciples that he was going away and that he would have to sacrifice his body and his blood. You see, Jesus knew that he had to die and to be the ultimate lamb for the forgiveness of sins. And in John 1, 29, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So why was Jesus the ultimate lamb? You see, once a year on the day called the Day of Atonement, and I know the Jewish people still celebrate the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go and offer a sacrifice on behalf of the people for the forgiveness of their sins. And this was according to the law. This continued to be practiced until the temple was destroyed in 70 AD because there was no longer a temple and the Ark of the Covenant was missing. They could no longer offer up a scapegoat for their sins. In Hebrews 10, 8 to 10, it says, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them. Though they were offered in accordance with the law, then he said, and this is Jesus, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Okay, so when Jesus died on the cross, he became the ultimate lamb. He sacrificed himself once and for all so that no more sacrifices needed to be made. So in essence, during that time before Jesus came to the earth, um, the people would have to um, sacrifice a lamb once a year. They would go to Shiloh or wherever, sacrifice a lamb, and that would be on behalf of their sins. But then Jesus says, I've come to be the ultimate lamb, the last lamb. And his life, for his life, he would pray the sins of, of the children of God. And there's a quote by Billy Graham that says, Jesus Christ came for one reason, to become the final and complete sacrifice for our sins. When he died on the cross, all our sins were transferred to him. And he died in our place. No further sacrifices is needed because Christ gave his life for us. Jesus paid the price for our sins and overcame death. And in John fifteen thirteen, it says, and I love the scripture, it says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. And it's such a beautiful picture. In essence, it portrays the love that Jesus has for us, the Father God has for us. So just imagine if Jesus, or shall I say God, never made a plan to send his son Jesus, we would just be open targets to the enemy. And the enemy would just have run havoc with us. And we would die and we probably would end up um, in hell. 
But God loved us so much to send His Son for our sins. So think about that. So let us just take a short music break and then we'll come to the end of this program. Thank you. If you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, you're with Alana Willifee and my program is called Body Matters and I'm talking about God who made a plan for you and for me, a redemption plan, a plan to heal us, a plan to restore us, a plan to reconcile us to himself. And what does this all mean for us today? You know, what was the cross about? You know, why, why did he die on the cross? Because of his love for us. So what does it mean if we talk about the concept of the cross? What, how do we benefit from that? So what is it that Jesus, first of all, this means that if we accept Jesus, in our lives, we will not die or go to hell, which would have been the punishment for our sins. He died for everyone. You know, Jesus is not a respecter of people. Jesus was God's gift to humanity, made available to those who are willing to choose him. And you know what? This gift is still available to anyone alive. In Romans 5, 8 to 9, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners Christ died for us since we now have been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him you see we are redeemed through the blood of Jesus and in Ephesians 1 7 it says in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according with the riches of God's grace. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he overcame death. And three days after his crucifixion, he rose from the dead. And you know what? Jesus is still alive today, seated at the right hand of God the Father. John 10.10 says, The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, this life is not only for eternity, but to experience life in abundance while we are on this earth. You see, the Spirit of God is alive, and when we choose Jesus Christ in our lives, his spirit in us lives forever. Even though our bodies may die, our spirit will not die because we have the spirit of Christ in us. It is only because of the cross that the Holy Spirit is made available to us. And in John sixteen seven, it says, But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, Holy Spirit, will not come to you but if I go, I will send him to you. So there are so many people that I know. And if we look at the world, there's people that believe in many things. They have many gods. They, there's many forms of religion. But I believe 
that God is the true God. There's only one God that I know of that laid down his life for his creation because he loved them so much. He did this so that they may be redeemed from the punishment of sin and death. I don't know of any other God who died and rose from the dead after being crucified in front of many witnesses. Think about that. If you think about all the different religions, has anyone that you know of raised the dead, healed the sick, performed miracles like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? You see, it's through the blood of Jesus. That's the power of Christ. And he is the true and living God. It is through the blood of Jesus that we are made right and reconciled with Father God. And in John 14 verse 6 it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So will you choose Jesus today? I know I've spoken about a lot of things and try to put it in perspective, you know, why um, why did Jesus have to die? You know, what happened in the Garden of Eden and the purpose that God had to come. But will you choose him today as Lord and Savior over your life? And if you say to me, Lana, yesterday I want to do it, then I want you just to pray after me this prayer. Father God, I come to you as a sinner, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Today I choose to accept you as Lord and Savior over my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you that I belong to you. Use me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I believe that you've accepted Jesus in your life. And just believe, believe, go to a spirit-filled church, get into the Word of God, pray, because God does hear our prayers, and God will reveal himself to you, and your life will never be the same again. So I just want to bless you with that prayer. I pray that you'll have a good week. I pray that um, somewhere out of all of this, there was something that, that could just minister to your heart. Just a reminder that God is a good God and that he loves you. He loves us so much. So have a beautiful, blessed week from me, Alana Uli, for you. I just want to say goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.